To the listeners in the tunes, heed my whisper. Don't be shy. <laughs> I know you're there. Just like you always... For you belong to me! <clears throat> to yourselves. And give that self to something bigger. For this is the true source of what we were groomed to be. And no, 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 That y'all are cattle to the slaughter! <laughs> <clears throat> I know you can feel his absence. The lack of the speaker. But don't worry. For I know what you do not. The story you've yet to hear. But always felt. The horror at Martin's Beach. that? Who taught that to you? Leave me alone. Not until you look at me. Josh! Adi! Leave him alone. He just lost his best friend. <laughs> I know, Bobby. I'm sad he's gone too. No. I'm wet because I'm happy. How can you be happy? Because he's closer to me. Hey, hey, hey. You're not dying, okay? Okay. 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 So is anyone going to ask? What? That Ari just said literally a minute ago that she lived this day before? (laughs) No? Okay. Ari, care to share what the fuck you meant by that, hun? Not now, Megan. Josh, I know this seems bad, but you said you trusted me. That's before you killed Chase. I did what was right. You want to do something right? You're off the rope. Go get something. A knife, a tool, anything. Just help and leave me alone. No, she can't leave. Not before she explains herself. What does it matter? Because we just heard voices. Could have been Cassie. Me? Huh? I do declare. See? Don't you? No, I don't. I don't. I don't care. The only thing I care about is what's real. Like the fact that Ari's off this fucking rope, which means she can go get fucking help so nobody else has to fucking die. He's right, Eddie. You have to go. But but what? Drive into town. Call the cops. Get my phone. Pick one. Okay. I'll go. Josh, will you please watch Lore for me? Better than you did Chase. Adi, I'm feeling better now. I think whatever was in my system cleared out. Don't worry. Just go. I'll be back soon. Adi! Adi! What? What? Come back! Come back! Okay. What is it? Wait. Wait there. Wait for what? what, what? We can't wait. <laughs> the rope is wrong. The rope is wrong. Ari, you, you need to... Stay. What? I have a theory. Don't you defy me. I, I, I'm a princess. Cassie, quiet. Just look. Look where you're at. You're almost in the water. If I'm right, this will save you. <laughs> but, but, but I... But nothing. <laughs> Adi, walk over there, but not too fast. Why? Just walk, please. Okay, okay, come back, come back! Heavens to Betsy. Oh, shit. Now Cassie's touching the water. To touch the hearts of millions. Cut it with the accents! Wait, what does this mean? Don't you see? See what? God! That the further Ari is away from the rope, the faster it pulls. Uh, what Megan said. It can't be. How can that be? I'm trying again. Even the red dawn 
surprise when all is through. It can't be my location. It can't be tied to my location. That can't be it. There has to be a rational explanation. Fuck. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck. The rope moves when I do. Could you take things any worse? Do better. No, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand. That means... Means what? That if this is true, that the the rope moves when I do, that... That I'm the reason you all died last time. Eddie, Eddie. Hey, we aren't dead. Look at us. We aren't dead. We're still here. Speak for yourself. What do we do now? What do we do? If I leave, then you'll all drown. God damn it! Getting off the rope didn't change a fucking thing. Well, Ari, now that you're stuck here and there's no other options, I say we put the kettle on. For what? For tea time. Spill everything. You said you lived this day before, and I want you to, like, be useful for once and tell me what happened to me. Eddie, just start from the beginning. Are you all serious right now? Other crazy shit has happened today, so why can't Addie have lived this day before? I want to hear her out, don't you? No, I prefer us play the quiet game. Addie, when did this day start? It's complicated. Great, I love complicated. Go. It's okay, tell us. This day started after I woke up from my blackout. I didn't know you blacked out. Yeah, it happened after I put on the crown. The crown you're wearing now? Yes. It's not a crown! Yes, it is! No, it's not! It's an imperial diadem. I have a feeling it belongs to that lady god. Let's not assign Scary Poppins god title, okay? So you're having a happy death day? Uh, maybe, I don't know. So the crown has time travel powers? Cool. No, not cool. It was fucking awful. How many times have you done this? Only once. Oh. You've only done this once? Don't be such a baby, Ari. I've lived through all your failed repeat juice cleanses. Uh, But that doesn't matter. What does matter is why you didn't tell me before. Because I thought it was a dream. We always discuss our dreams. No, we don't. Well, we should. It's okay, Eddie. I get why you didn't. So, you woke up in day one. Let's call it day one. So, day one, what happened? I wish day one was here. I wish I was here. Shut up! Ari, day one, go. Uh, I I stormed off, met up with Megan, and that's when Chase found the rope. Not Bobby? No, Chase. You all grabbed it except me. Everyone couldn't let go, so I ran to get help as fast as I could. And the next thing I heard was Megan screaming. I turned around and saw you all being pulled halfway out to sea. I was scared, and I knew Lorena couldn't swim, so I swam out to you guys, got Lorena to keep her afloat, and... It was my fault. (laughs) Because you ran away. Get to me. What happened next? (laughs) What should have? Shut it. We found the bodies of everyone. Chase tried to stack them, but it didn't work. We just got knotted up. It was a fucking mess. The floaties they had, we couldn't get off. Some jellyfish showed up. But that doesn't matter. It was all just bad. Wait. This is just clicking for me. So you knew what this rope was all along, and you still let us grab it? Oh, so you don't remember the important pretty that got in my way? What does that even mean? (sighs) Forget it. It was mostly fucking Chase's fault anyway. Don't say his name. Why are you still protecting him? You saw him. You saw what he did. Just 15 minutes ago, he would have killed all of us if we didn't stop him. He wouldn't have gone through with it. He was just scared. Yeah, scared enough that he would drown a 17-year-old girl to save himself. 
I am older than that. Thank God. He was just scared. No, he was threatening us into saving him, even if that meant drowning us all in the process. I did what I had to. And I wouldn't have been able to unless the majority of us made the same choice. No. No? First he would have drowned Cassie. <laughs> it's okay. Then Bobby. Always early fall. No. Then Megan. What? I, I wasn't saved. Then he tried to drown me. No. But he couldn't because you made him stop. Josh, somewhere deep down, you should understand what I did because last time, you killed Chase. He <laughs> died doing it. No, 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 no. You drowned saving me. Bullshit! I don't believe it. What? Sacrifice for me, protect me. That's all I've seen you do over and over again in this reality and the next. God, how can you not see in my eyes that I'm telling you the truth? All I know is I'd never do what you did. Then tell me this much. What's it like crying this much over the death of your girlfriend's rapist? And let's move on from that. <laughs> so I died last time? Yes, Megan, everyone did. But that doesn't make any sense. Why? Because, um, just tell us about the god, then. I, I heard him at the end, but never her. Again, we don't know if she's a god or not. I do. Addy, what is he? Something bad, that's all I know. You, you'll, you'll know soon. As I do. We don't know he's bad. Why are you defending him? Because things aren't adding up. Well, how could you know? You weren't there. That lady god Hypnos. Came... What? The other one said her name. It's Hypnos. Hypnos. Josh, 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 Josh! The name carved on the pillar. It was Hypnos, right? What pillar? The AO pillar where I found the crown. Imperial Diadem. Josh, that was the name, right? Hypnos? <laughs> I'm not participating in this. Uh, so who is this hippie chick? God of sleep. So, Hypnos, the god of sleep, gave you that crown? And us another chance to do this right. Adi? Yeah? What happened to you and me after Josh and Chase? I, I, I don't know. I was pulled out and woke up today before... Before what? We finished our conversation. You knew all of that and we're still here. Do you remember what Bill Murray did on his second Groundhog Day? Who's that? Oh, sorry. Do you remember what Jessica Roth did on her second Happy Death Day? Of course. What happened? She was stabbed with a bong. See? She didn't solve jack shit on day two. Neither did anyone else in any of those other movies. So why are you holding me to a standard that none of these other fucking people were able to overcome? Cut me some slack. I'm doing the best I can here. Not that I'm indulging in this delusion, but there is a movie that fits us better. Final Destination. How is that different? Happy Death Day assumes that you'll have multiple chances. And? And? What if you don't? What if this is your only shot? Your final chance? <laughs> what? Nothing. It's just fascinating that out of everyone, the hippo chose you as her champion is all. Listen! No! All of you listen. I'm not gonna sit here and debate if this is the final destination or Happy Death Day anymore. Josh, you're right. All we know is that right now is all we have, so let's start making it count. You won't listen to me right now! Stop! Stop! It's off! It's not fair! It was my turn this time, and you took that from me! What do you want, Cassie? To, 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 to tell a story? Then you should! She's fucking losing it. Yes, find the imbalance. Correct it. You must stop the grinding of time. <laughs> Cassie, calm down. 
breathe. No. I'm next in the line. It's my turn to spend it as I wish. I need the space. I need the, the, the mask. The mask. The mask. What's she doing with their elbows? Having a mental breakdown? I thought you'd recognize that better than anyone. Usually a lot of mad shit for someone whose entire identity could be removed by a baby wife. She's putting her face back on. Hey, don't you dare put that mask back on. Why do you care? It might make her feel better. Well, it's definitely going to make me feel worse. So, what about that? (sighs) We're complete. Fuck. She did it. Fine. Do whatever you need to. I'm fine. This this wasn't the plan. The things are off. Moving badly. Time is off. A jumbled web. Course correct. Yes, a course correct. The mind breaks under too much strain. Too much discord. Sort it out. Sort it out. Sort it out. Shut up. No, you shut up. Do you know how much I've done? How much I've sacrificed here all this time? Let me tell you a story. All of you. Everyone. We like stories. No, why? Because they're more real to how time works. Than our perception. I have a story to tell. Just like you did, Ari. It wasn't a story. Oh, but it has to be. Cassie, what's going on? Tell us how to help you. She could be tripping, like Bobby. How? She's been fine. That's the word for it. Cassie's the one who brought the pills. Maybe she took some and has been hiding it. Remember when Alex took acid and never stopped hearing voices? Maybe this is her first time. First time? I find that hard to believe. If she keeps doing what she's doing, she's gonna drown. And who are you to refuse her that? If the youth in Asia get to choose how to die, then Cassie should be given the same dignity. Youth in Asia. You mean... Time to tell a tale. I I want to. Need to. Tell. 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 Fine. Fine. Cassie, tell your story. Not mine, but the others. Many stories have been told in this air over this year's sand. Feels right to let them out again, don't it? The horror stories at Martin's Beach. I think so. Now. Everyone, close your eyes. They, they, they were never open. Okay, Cassie. <laughs> you can leave me out. I'm with Megan. You better be. She's closest to the water. We should do whatever makes her feel better. Everyone. <sighs> okay. Fine. Good. Now, do as I say and fall into the black behind your eyes. Bobby, you'll help me, yes? With any sound you please. For I am your puppet. Good, 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 good. Now, let's forget the sanguineous sea and all the bloated bodies bobbing and weaving beneath the current. Yes, yes, yes. And the numinous sky where the perilous stars are just starting to push through. Yes, good, 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 good. We are here with the coarse-grained sand and the smooth bones that shift under it. You feel that? Grounded wrapped in the ensnaring tunes around you. You are here and ready, ready to be told a story. Yes, 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 many a stories. Where, where, where? Of course, here. Here, of course, of course, of course. Don't you hear their knock, knock, knocking? For they're coming. We inhale for four, three, two, one. <sighs> Hold for four. Then out for four, three, two, one. That's nice. Relax. Rest in yourself. You're safe to relax and listen. For now. Do you hear that?
crackles of a campfire. The smell of the perishing wood. Hmm. The best stories are always told with the warm light ahead and the cold black void breathing down your back. They whisper. Yes. Let it enter your ears. It comes from the sand and demands to be told. What's the story? I ask. Oh, y yes. The first story in line can only be described as dark. Uh, uh, uh. Our story begins on the day the fishing smack, Alma of Gloucester, led by Captain James P. Orne, butchered the unspeakable one. The waves were mad that day on the open sea, and they caught the thing that made it so. They tied it to their rig, more nets, more pulleys than anything before warranted. As they wrapped the foul beast with no shape that any human mind could recount, just tentacles connected to an unspeakable mass. They hacked at this creature they were yet to know as the unspeakable one until there was nothing left. But the tattered remains that did, did the only thing they knew how to. Find one another. It just so happened they found each other near a beach. A soon-to-be very special beach. One you may already know. A beach where it formed something that wasn't the old one anymore. But something that worked in service of him. His cause. A being with one purpose. Disguised as a rope. To sacrifice for the torn god that previously held its pieces together. To drag all the would-be souls to infinitum for collect. There is no exact record of the time the first sacrifice began, but it was nearly a hundred years ago today, with the fairly round moon about a foot above the low-lying vapors of the horizon. And we only know this because just down the shore from this faded spot was the jazzy-as-all-hell Wavecrest Inn, which was where two literary-inclined lovebirds were consummating their long, epistolary affection for one another, not yet knowing they'd be the sole two to document the horror soon to arrive. Betwixt their passionate screams grew screams from others, elsewhere. The kind of screams that cry to heaven for second chances to only be met with nothing in return. The pair, zealots of the morose, looked at each other. The man said, Well, should we have a look? Be rather rude if we didn't, as the woman raised her smooth shoulder to coquettishly make her chin. And out they went to have a look. They followed the following cries like the rest of the curious residents at the Wavecrest Inn, and what they saw, they weren't prepared for. They saw it. Captain Orne and his crew stuck to the newly formed rope, dragging them slowly into the water from whence they came. Those not on the rope just stood in terror and watched the ever-wanting water claim the spaces and bodies it always yearned for. Help may have entered the Watcher's minds, but not enough to make a body move. It's an innate conditioning of a subhuman race to watch the unwatchable. And the lovebirds did, paralyzed with the dozens of others as they watched the culpable crew drown one by one, until there wasn't anything to watch anymore. Only carry with them the rest of their lives. And carry it they did, even the lovebirds whose names were Sonia H. Green and Howie Lovecraft. But we should talk about it, Sonia cried. Howie demanded. You listen to me and you listen good. You are never to recount what happened that day again. Ever! And she complied. But what do those that cannot speak do? They write. 
And right they did. Sonia wrote the account of that day, and Howie, being how he was, demanded his edits be made, but they never spoke of it firsthand. They could only communicate their fears through the page, but unfortunately their problems weren't able to be purged to the page. Not entirely. Sonia spent day and night thinking about the beach and the look on the crew's faces. She didn't know faces could contort that way or let out screams that could shake matter to its very core. That image and sound was the white noise of their minds playing on repeat. They may have left the beach, but it didn't leave them. I'm afraid things only got worse for the couple from then on out. Howie started going out less and less, and Sonia kept losing more and more. She used to have ideas, splendid ideas, both in life and in fantasy, and that once a luscious well began to dry up, her light dying in the dark. Howie became fearful of the dark and all things, and this imbalance grew more rapid. The black sand of Martin's beach traumatized him. Don't close that curtain! He yelled. Oh, don't be silly, it's too bright. I can barely see anything but white. Exactly. It keeps that which comes away. And she watched him grow more and more mad, like the mad Arab he wrote about. The dark affixed upon his psyche like a pestilential force. He started hating all things that reminded him of the dark. Tea kettles, my cat, to everything else. He felt it was following him. He thought the sand was infecting people, carrying from person to person, thing to thing coming for him. How he started restricting his diet to only white beans and the things pickled white enough for him to tolerate. He hated sleep, for closing his eyes was too much to bear. He believed the dark slipped in and stuck to his insides when his mortal form forced sleep on him. If only I could be awake forever. If only I was blessed with never blinking again. If only, if only... He'd wish to himself. When the night came, the only solace he had was looking at the white of a page and the dozens of lanterns hanging around him. However, the only thing he allowed to exist in the apartment that was black was his ink. His only reprieve to let the thoughts out he could not speak. His novels became short stories, his short stories became poems, his poems to haikus, his haikus to words, then to a word, one word, dark, dark, dark. He'd carve into the walls with the cooking knife his mother left him. His scribbles were everywhere and he'd ask Sonia, Read, read, read. But eventually she couldn't be the mirror he was looking for anymore. No ideas, no decisions, just existing. The horrors of being a wife, <laughs> she'd think to herself. The last joke she ever told. This curse was more subtle than Howie's, but as with most things subtle, they reach the farthest. Women often deal with the imbalance better than men, but hers infected everything around her. With Sonia, her ability to make a decision died. The dark of her mind took it. Howie threw her out, and every day she kept poisoning the world with her dark indecision. She would take something, and it'd disappear into her, into the dark. 
Why do you think women don't make decisions anymore? That was Sonia's doing. Took a while to make its way through the world. <laughs> but it's nearly complete. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to do this weekend? I don't know! The choices are slowly disappearing. You must have seen it. Or at least see it now that I've said it. <laughs> the world is cruel to a woman that chooses. As for the fate of Howie, it's almost too terrible to utter. Suffice to say, you can only bathe in bleach and eat one loaf of bread a week until the cancer will take you. Eventually, just like Sonia, the bread was no longer there, and all that was left of him was the bleach he drank. <laughs> he died shortly after that, but most of his insides were white, so I suppose he accomplished more than the others. That's the thing with the dark. It strangles those that let it, and only leave room for the eventual one to speak of the only thing left. The dark. Fuck this! Why are you getting so flustered? It's just a story. Josh, what are you doing? He knows. The dark comes for us all. Time is the only variable. What are you doing with that bone? Saving us. What's that gonna do? Have you ever broken a bone, Ari? Yes. Bad enough that it breaks through the skin? No. I have. They're sharp as fuck. Ow. Here, let me help. No. I can do it myself. Even be, Eddie. Cassie, what happened to the people on the rope? We're still here. In your stories. Oh. Some ate each other. Others? Well, I daren't say. Almost too terrible and too far enough for words to reach. Your most cruel imagination, I'm sure, could conjure at least a few instances. No thought is wrong, and it was likely died for. Has anyone ever gotten off the rope like me? They're just stories. Nothing to get your knickers all in a twist over. Stories are meant for listening, and nothing else. Okay, time for another. Or many others. There's so much more, and more, and more, and more. It's hard to pick. Here, I'll let you pick. What about... The three rock stars and the big bad gunshot. No. <laughs> no. Am I not enough for you, Eddie? Why are you doing this? Trying to find the next story. Ooh, how about... Love you forever. No. You never appreciated me before, so why now? What about... The egg queen. Instead of scrambling when she could, she said I unfolded like only an omelet would. What? Not a fan of poultry princesses. Fine. You didn't deserve it anyway. Yet. What about... The boy who ate too much? No. Not even curious what he'll eat too much of? Still no. Your funerals. How about... A swallowing starlet? Ooh, still not good enough? Don't worry, the pills didn't make me either. What about you, Ari? I'd love to tell your story. Tell someone else's if you want to. Already listed them and no one chomped. <laughs> at the bit. What about your story? Mine? Only if you want. Huh. I mean, you don't have much time left not to freak you out. That's the thing with being a freak. You get used to things others never have to. Hmm. Okay. One last story. And it is perfectly titled in each and every way, for I named it, and it's called Palin. There once was a princess of a glorious race of cosmos crossers. They could go as far as the dark could stretch. The only race to ever figure it out, to brave it. This special race, led by the eponymous princess of our tale, had spanned the outer wild and found the most beautiful world there ever was, Yiddle. 
Its beauty was so undeniable that even with boundless infinity within their race's reach, they always came back to Yiddle. And they were happy. Until it came. There is a cancer that crawls in the cosmos, consuming all that it encounters by making itself more. And more. And more. Or it knows no end other than everyone else's. And that cancer came to Yiddle. Regions of your Earth have many names for this cancer. Hell, Hades, Sheol, the Chinvat Bridge, Samsara, the Bardo, Florida, and so on and so on. But the true name of this cancerous place is called Carcosa. It is the space between spaces absorbing all he sees fit. The Yellow King, who gained all his mana by way of enslavement. It took the princess's people little by little until there was nothing left to take of them. He snatched all of Yiddle except the princess. He wanted her to watch forever. He placed her in one of the main towers of Carcosa, forged from the black rock of the previous race he conquered. Time passed. More than ever has been counted for the poor princess as she watched her people become hollowed out soldiers for this cruel king's chaos cause. Humming a tune that only enslavement can teach you. It never failed to make the princess cry, and the king loved it. It was the only rain Carcosa knew. One day, instead of the king coming to her chamber, only his voice came. Something went wrong with the final world he dared to make his own. He got sloppy, and his mortal form was destroyed, soul sent and shackled to Carcosa like the rest of his conquered subjects. Good, thought the princess. No, said the king. No, 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 no. For I still rule this place. I am not a thing that ends. I am the lock on all the doors of the things you want. And there's something I want. What is it? To make a deal. And why would I do that? To get back what you want. There was no choice but this. She knew it, felt it, and said it. Name your terms. You'll be sent to the current world of desire, but locked in a mask that could only be removed at the ceremonial beach. Agreed, said the princess. That the term would be for a hundred years to gather what he needed. Agreed. One last thing, and this is the most important. Speak what it is. Find the horror at Martin's Beach. How can such a thing be found? Asked the princess. Not for me to say. So, do we have a deal? Deal. Good, good, good. Now, let's begin. The king took what she desired and sealed it in a locket around her neck that would remain locked until the deal was done. I'm ready. She arrived in subhuman form to see the first ceremony of the captain and his cursed crew. And every time the comet passed, the princess knew it was time. Time for the Yellow King to be fed some more. To think of all the time and people and places and voices, each of these things wanted something different. So she became whatever the cavalcade needed. To give the king exactly what he needed. When the princess first arrived, she quietly was excited 
to interact with a world not too dissimilar from her own. A little uglier, <laughs> but other than that, pretty similar, for this race had hopes and wants and dreams as well. She wanted to connect after all that time alone. She imagined what it'd be like to be loved and yearned and to feel what that felt like again. To go from cold to warm, from nothing to something. But it was different this time. For the mask made it different. A mask affixed to her face in all places, but one that could only be described as pallid. An empty shell placed upon a face. She couldn't remove it when she was away from the beach. That was the deal. And the princess began to understand the subtle cruelty of why the king made it this way. What she would want, what she would need, what she would be tempted by, and the thing that would keep all of that from her. The mask repelled those too kind to be cruel, but in turn attracted the other ones. The ones that delight in the plight of others, that wield affection over the unloved to enact atrocities popular society only allots for the rich. I've seen the face of these beasts and did what any being would do, accepted the lesser evil. The princess got more calculated on when she left Martin's Beach. Halloween, the one time a year everyone admitted they also wore masks. The one night everyone stopped pretending, and the princess could too. She would dance and run and play. What beauty a night of truth could bring. But then the next day would come, and they'd all be the same. The circus, the back rooms, the pets, the pillow rooms. There's no corner of this land that princess did not look through that her mask didn't leave her to. The horrors of the world reflected in a mask they didn't want to accept. The poor princess in the pallid mask. She'd always return to the beach crying. But this time the sky would cry with her and she'd feel less alone. However, something else grew inside her. Something she felt she could never feel. That maybe this race deserved what was coming to it. That maybe Carcosa wasn't a cancer, but it was the cure, and she was the host to help it. So she brought the people to the beach with less and less resistance, with less and less complication, or hope for something that could never be. For she began to understand the true answer to the final question of her quest. The last part of the deal she had left. The question she cried to the sky this day that humanity is the horror at Martin's Beach. Did you not hear what I just said? I said- Yes, yes, yes. He heard. You're just wrong. No. It has to be. That that has to be it. I've thought about it every second. It, it, it has to be. It isn't. So stop playing. Then what could it possibly be? The one thing you know, it truly is and are too coward to say. Oh god, what was that? Cassie! Cassie! Yeah, sorry to interrupt you and your one-woman show here, but what was that? Nothing, apparently. So... You're the pallid princess, right? Lorena, look at you! 
Good for you, Lorraine and Bernal. If our hands were free, I'd shake yours. Feet? No. What's with that face? <laughs> you did it! You won! You won the game! After all these decades, and to think nobody would ever get it. That nobody would ever win! Win? It's been so exhausting holding all this up. And that curveball Ari threw, what a show, what a show! You know what it's like to go through life knowing every turn, every moment? It's awful. Like, like, like a play that never ends. Don't you know the only reprieve an actor gets in their life is when it ends? <laughs> you are what I thought you were. <laughs> yep. Let us off. What? The rope, you dingbat. She's a bayaki. <laughs> Boo, no fun, Bobby. What's a bayaki? They're everyone. The gulls, the people. I imagine the tuna and the fucking sea, the shapeshifters. They're everywhere, and they're everyone. I can hear them now. Outside my closet, they found me. Their wings cutting through the cold black air around them as they cry out the only thing that can carry through it. So, what's a bayaki? You'll see soon. Let them off the rope, Cassie. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. But you said I won. You did, just not that. Let me through, I'm gonna fucking drown her ass. Laura, chill. Cassie, what did we win exactly? The prize of knowing who I truly am. <sighs> to think I thought you'd all be more excited. I mean, I am royalty after all. Please, Pilly Princess. If your stories were true, then you're still under the thumb of the big guy upstairs. True, but not for long. I have to admit, I was worried there for a bit from the shift in, um, how do you call it, perspective? Sure, I guess that's the best word for it. What are you saying? That this reality was tampered with, but the stories helped course correct. It's good now, I can feel it. We're back on the one true track. Reality is singular again. We've won. Since we won, does that mean you can answer our questions? Let me check. We have four minutes and 45, 44, 43 seconds, so yeah. Q&A seems like a good way to pass the time. Till what? You'll see. Any other questions? I'm sure the listeners would enjoy this as well. It can be rather disorienting figuring out the who, what, when, where, that, there, this of it all. So, questions. Shoot. How did he get off the rope? I have to admit, that is a first. I don't know what happened there. I have an idea. Ooh, do tell. I love those little creeps. I think it was because I confessed. Confessed? Yeah. That's silly. There's no box here. Adi... I'm not sure that's the answer either. Why not? I was holding on to all of that shit I never thought I was going to say, and then I said it, and I got off. Maybe it's the shit that scares us most that is causing us to hold on to this rope. Maybe if we're honest about what we're truly feeling and chase down the things that we're afraid of, it won't have a hold on us anymore. Or us it. Maybe Catholicism isn't completely full of shit. Who wants to try? I don't chase... I attract what naturally fucking belongs to me. Four minutes left. I'm just gonna keep working through the rope with my bone here. <clears throat> Lorena? Uh, I'm sorry, Eddie. Megan, try it. I love you, Ari. But based on today's events, you're on shaky ground in my BFF department. Megan. Have you already forgotten all that shit you sent to me when you were thrashing on Chase? Because I haven't. I know you're going through something, but I don't have to do anything you say. Like you said. You don't know this reality. Yeah, but in both realities, I'm the only one who got off the rope, so... We don't know that. I know that. You could be lying to us. I mean, you tend to have a way with twisting the truth, Ari. I'm not! So that's it? 
None of you are even going to try my idea? What is it? What is so bad that you don't even want to try? What in the world are you all holding back? A lot. What about you, Cassie? Why aren't you off the rope? Hmm? Oh, I'm only able to let go when the ceremony's done. Wait, so there were like other ceremonies? She said... Walkie that talkie away, Ari. It's my talkie time. Cassie, answer me. Question me. Has there ever been another me ceremony? What does that even mean? Tell me. Mm, no, you're the first. Three minutes left. The clanks. The clanks are coming. What clanks? The clanks only steel toe boots can make. What do you know about Hypnos? Well, to think I thought better questions would be asked. Who is she? This is the first I've heard of her. I have the same info you have, but since she's taken over the broadcast, I'd be shocked if we ever hear from her again. I doubt she has enough juice. It takes a lot of mana to power the ceremony, even for Haster. Haster. So that's his name. Mm-hmm. One of them. Why do he pick me? Yeah, why us? <laughs> why do people always think they're chosen? There's been dozens of others before you. You're not special. Mind your words. <laughs> You, you think this makes you special? Why you? Why you, 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 and you? <laughs> or all of the yous there. Do you ever feel special being the last in line? Two minutes left. What's the yellow sign? The yellow sign comes in many shapes, sister. <laughs> Tell me, do you really think that middle light between stop and go is yellow? How about the school buses? Or the bees? The sun, the things that burn, to think none of your race ever considered for a moment that the color yellow wasn't real. It's how the brain processes the yellow sign from the infected spaces it's deemed most vital. Why do you think blondes are the worst? <laughs> Tell us what it means. Chess moves don't mean anything. They're just what's necessary based on strategic planning, taking out bigger pieces until all you have left is checkmate. That's it. Why are we here? To charge the birth of a god, silly. Hoster? Yes. How do we stop it? <laughs> see, that's it. That's the thing you still don't seem to get. You can't. There's nothing you can do than give what has already been designed to be given. What fate has landed on. Fuck fate! Fate is all there is. Like those spiral wishing well things you drop a coin in. It'd go around and around on its track, covering so much ground with only one place to go, as it slowly loses momentum, veering closer to the well until it disappears. There's always fate, and there's always a well, and the old ones at the bottom, with mouths wide open. Then why torture us? Is Haster just playing with his food? Why torture? <laughs> It gets more juice. Plus, you love it. <laughs> it's what you were bred for. It's funny to see how much your people say that they want the suffering to stop. But you don't, you bunch of fakers. I see it over and over again. Look at the rich. Even with no external problems, they manufacture new ones. Last minute. It seems excessive. Excessive? That's what makes them gods! I get it. I know you do. Tell me, 
Do you know how much sacrificial mana it takes to make a new god? No guesses? Well, let me tell you, a lot. Snuffing out the last possible choice in the universe will buy that birth in full. How is this real? Cassie, how'd this happen? Attrition over a millennia. The proverbial choice that breaks the universe's back. Camels, straw, needles, and so on and so on. Well, then help us! <laughs> what? If everything you say is true, then help us. You'll be free, but if you let this happen, you'll never be. And if we don't find the choice like Hypno said, it may never come back. You don't want to live in a world like that, do you? Look out to the horizon. Why? Humor me. Now, imagine. Where the sky meets the sea, a cluster of serrated dark towers appear, undulating out of nothing that not even the screaming sun can set behind. I've seen it. And if you did, like I have, you'd know the futility of what you're asking. The world will be what it is, and take what it may. I only accept what is here, and what I was promised. I'm gonna get my family back. Cassie, please. What about hope? I can see you've had it once. Please try and find it again. If we do it together, we can do anything. Hypnos wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't a chance. Ari. What would your family want? My family? <sighs> what would they want? Josh, you really aren't going to say anything. She's out of her mind, Ari. If you were thinking straight, you'd see it too. I am! No, you're not. You just want to believe her because you suspected her from before, and you want to make sense of something that doesn't have any. You believe more in gods than glue right now. How's that possible? It's a crazy story, but I refuse to believe it. We are experiencing delusions because we are dehydrated, and we just saw Chase die! So no, I don't want anything other than to get through this rope. Well... I have something that can help. I thought your minutes were up. Because this is the moment I help you. I don't believe you. You see that black bag over there? Yeah. Will you grab it? Why would I do that? Because there's a knife in it. A knife? Bullshit. Ari, don't do it! Ari, if you don't want to help the rest of your friends off, then fine. That's okay, too. Or what if she's telling the truth? Go. Check and see. It won't hurt anything. It's now or never, Ari. What about all that no-fighting fate? <sighs> you were right. I needed to think about what my family wants. Maybe you're making a believer out of me. Really? I guess there's only one way to find out. And what do you have to lose other than everything you care about? Do it, Ari. Let's get through this together. Go get the bag, Ari. You believe Cassie too? I don't have to. I saw the knife earlier. It's Duke's, the big one his dad got him from Australia. Oh, that'd be perfect. Ari, what are you waiting for? Ari, don't. Megan, are you sure? Yeah, trust me. Laura, I'm just gonna go check. They're coming. They're coming. I got it! Got it! Bring it to me. No, I'll keep it right here, thank you. The song... It's scratching through. Next to Bobby is fun. Open it, Ari. No! Close it! Dad, no! Not the strings! Not the strings! They're too tight! They're cutting me, please! Don't string me up! Don't be so dramatic! You love it, don't you, you little pig puppet? Quiet, Bobby! Ari, open it. Ari, what are you waiting for? Give me the knife! There isn't one! What? No knife? No, Josh, it's just all the yellow pills. Cassie? Get the bag away from her! Do as Lorena says! Bobby! Eat! Eat.
Eight, eight, eight! Don't forget your duties, Hypnos! <laughs> Bobby lunges towards the back, filled with the last vestiges of the last form of the Yellow King. And the possessed boy, formerly known as Bobby, gorges them one by one, plastic and all. Bobby, stop! <laughs> I, I want to eat, eat, eat! Ari runs to grab Bobby, but his shoulder chucks her away like a demonic pig at a trough. The rope pulls the cavalcade farther and farther out. Lorena, help! Right behind you. I feel him near, I'm full, but it's not enough for two. Stop it! Please, never! Josh! I'm almost through the rope. And he is. But what Josh does not yet know... Almost. ...is that anything alive... Almost. ...bleeds. And then Josh hits it. The artery. Oh my, oh my the mucus yellow blood sparks everywhere. What's happening? Suck the king's blood for two. For two. For two. For two. Bobby, get away from me! I can't. They're too powerful! Bobby grips the rope between Josh and drags it towards Bobby, him. Bobby! I know you're in there! You don't have to do this! Oh, oh yeah! Do it, my boy! Bobby dives mouth first at the seeping gash of the rope and latches on, sucking in all he can like a bottom feeder to a host. His eyes drag into the back of his head as he sucks more and more. Bro, what the fuck? Ari! Help! I'm coming! Me too! Do it, that salt, Bobby! <laughs> Megan, what are you doing? Playing the winning side. Tell me what to do, my lord. Forget her, Adi. Help us. Lorena wraps the rope around Bobby's neck, trying to pull him off, but can't. Adi, help! Fucking stop it, Bobby! Kick him off! Josh kicks Bobby in the face like a rapid animal. Bobby's pot belly engorges more and more as he takes in all that he shouldn't. Adi, pull on me! We have to get Bobby off! Okay. Josh! You pull too? I am! Good luck with that. Fuck off, Megan! Everyone, pull! Bobby now three times his normal size. Stretch marks, torn clothes, eyes and mouth dripping in yellow goo, pops off. <sighs> Finally, enough juice for two. Who's the two? Oh, you know who. Now. Give us a kiss. No! Bobby lunges at Lorena. He swings his head down into hers, biting her mouth and filling her with the Yellow King's blood. Josh! Help! I'm trying! (laughs) Ari runs back and charges towards Bobby, grabbing his head and pulling Bobby away from her. I could use a smoke after that. Laura, 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 are you okay? He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. here. (laughs) Don't fight it. Tell Master hello. Hello. He loathes these smooth teeth. Awful for eating. Then fix it. Oh, this jaw should chomp hard enough. Let's try. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's it. The chomps come down and... Yes! Say it, you pathetic splurge of cosmic nonsense! You has been and ever will be again! Say it! (laughs) Do your duty. 
One chomp after the other as his teeth crack and run forward. What do we do? Fuck, I don't know. The city's coming. you know. Fuck you. Like a crock with a rope and sharper teeth, Bobby bites down and barrel rolls, pulling them closer. Ari, thought about what you said. What would my family would want to be together? And the minute I stopped doubting that, I knew what I needed to know. And the Carcosa song has finally found me. The final part of the deal. The recognition that I, formerly known as Casilda of Yiddle, captured queen of Carcosa, accepts that I am the horror at Martin's Casilda of Yiddle, gestures to the sun, drags it closer to the horizon, and a reality of a summoned city that consumes cities. Home of the yellow sign, sole prison of the unnameable one. The sun's head towards the ocean. We are no longer spinning on the axis of a familiar cosmos. Casilda's tone rings out lonely to the waiting sun that can only react by bisecting in two. Do you see them? Do you see them? The sun splitting into two? Yeah. Could have rationally explain this, Josh. Uh, I, I, I can't. And now the deal and ceremony is done. I can let go. One last time. Let go. Let go. Why am 
I not let go? I've done everything you wanted. Answer me! You have a question for him? Let me off. Pastor. Not now! Okay, I'll let you do your thing. Bobby, stop! He keeps pulling. He'll get us in no time. Let me go. Let my family go. Unlock my locket. You owe me. That's the deal. Right. You're right. He says you're right. It's unlocked. Let me off. I saw we can open it. Let me off. Oh, shame. That wasn't part of the deal. Hey, Cassie. You're about to learn the story that every woman on Earth knows. Quiet! They never keep their promises. The rope's pulling. No. It's pulling Cassie. My hands. Let them go, Haster. It's pulling us out to sea. Not yet. Cassie first. <laughs> My wrist! It's Harry! Cassie, your hands are mine. The rest you can have. Why? Because he wants to watch. Watch you spend the rest of your days looking at a locket you'll never be able to open. Why are you so cruel? Because you love it, right? See you later. <laughs> As the last sinew in Cassie's wrists snap, she's yanked back towards the horizon from whence she came to Carcosa. Oh, manna, that's good. Little pig, little pig, won't you let me come in? Oh, the Black Pyramids! They're getting bigger! It's taking over everything! Lorena, they're not! How do you not see them? They're growing. It's gone. They've blocked out the light. I can't see. I can't see. What are you doing to her? Putting her in her place. No point in fighting, Laura. I'll find my way. Hold, hold the rope. Laura, I got you. Josh! Ooh, is this it? <laughs> nope, not in there. Bobby, please. You have to fight. I am. Not here either. Pastor, uh, how are you there when you're here? Can't you see he and I are in the middle of something? Uh, he's getting closer. Oh, Lord, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Eddie, listen to me. Yes, you do. Forget us. Forget me. No, you're not on the rope. Don't die for us when you can still live. She's right. I'm not leaving. Not again. I'll be the judge of that. I can't hold this forever. Oh, this is the one. Mm, I can feel it. Go, Ari! And I'll huff. Not without you. And I'll puff. Ari, go! And I'll... I can't. Yes, you can. Blow your mind, dear. There you are. Now say goodbye. He's here, Eddie. I'm losing you. Uh, I can't hold this Eddie, forever. go! Now, please, Eddie, go! Please! I can't. Damn it, Eddie, run!
Thanks for listening to The Horror at Martin's Beach, a Kingdom of Pavement production. This show was written and created by Kyle Cords, directed by Alexi Gonzalez, and executive produced by Amy Suto, Kyle Cords, and Alexi Gonzalez. Our sound designer and composer is Adam Joseph Monahan, and our producer is Alexandra Scortado. Based on the short story, The Horror at Martin's Beach, by Sonia H. Green and H.P. Lovecraft. The Carcosa song in this episode was created by Benjamin Velez. This episode is called Pallid, and the cast is as follows. I play Hypnos, your true, ever-present narrator. And my name beyond the veil is Bex Finch. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at, at It's Bex Finch. Ari is played by Allegra Rodriguez Shivers, who can be found on Instagram at Legom2RS. Lorena is played by Gloria de Leon, who can be found on Instagram at Gloria the Actress. Megan is played by Julia Steyer, who can be found on Instagram at, at Julia Steyer. Chase is played by Max Banter, who can be found on Instagram at Miximilian. Cassie is played by Mio Kodama, who can be found on Instagram at Mio Kodama or at Small Tree Spirit on Twitter. Bobby is played by Hunter Peterson, who can be found on Instagram at Hi There Hunter. In loving memory of Abel Benitez, who plays Josh, he will be missed. And a special thanks to Cody Ball and Jack Bentel, and to our literary consultant Jack Suto. Thanks for the spooky curation. To listen to more Kingdom of Pavement episodes, visit kingdomofpavement.com. For inquiries of any kind, reach out to amy at kingdomofpavement.com. Check out the show notes for more information on how to find the cast and crew's websites and social media handles. The void will reach back out. <laughs>